0: There's a voice inside my head saying you'll never reach it. Every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction. My faith is shaken, but I, I gotta keep trying, gotta keep.
1: Channel 2 Radio, the Mindset Matters show with Sinat Noorani.
2: Hello, hello, beautiful people out there. Uh, apologies, first of all, for my croaky voice. I have no idea what's going on
3: there. I do.
2: Oh, I wonder who that is. Oh yeah, you do, don't you?
3: I know why you got a croaky voice, don't you worry. I won't tell anyone. You won't tell anyone. Well,
2: there'll be lots of telling coming up soon. So, you're tuning into The Mindset Matters. And I'm your host, Zenat Narani, for the next hour and a half from 10.30 to 12. And I have the delightful Paul Andrews with me. Morning. Morning, morning, although I wish I was in bed still.
3: Uh, <laughs> uh, why would that be, Zenat?
2: Oh, we had a wonderful night last night, didn't we? We did, yeah, but we're not so telling noorani. anybody about
3: that. we are tell them where we were instead. <laughs> yeah, we'll won't tell them about that
2: <laughs> But you know what? It's really great to have you because I said before we got, came on air mm. that... You were my first, first official guest Mm. because you trained me up. That's right. To do this.
3: Sorry. During lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, sorry.
2: Oh, no, you trained me up and that was... Oh, almost two over two years. Ago. Two
3: years ago, yeah, more two than two years, years ago. ago, yeah. That's incredible. Time flies, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. yeah. Are you enjoying it still, though?
2: Oh, I am loving it.
3: We love the show. It's brilliant. Yeah,
2: I yeah. love being here, and so thank you for taking that time. Who knew that you know I was on the business bunker, and mm. so I was sitting on that chair next to where you're sat, which yeah. is on the red mic. Yeah. And here I am on the other side. I
3: know. Absolutely. Tapping away,
2: pressing yeah. buttons, sliders.
3: Yeah, yeah but it, it, being serious, it, it's important what you do, and your show's important. And uh, as well as good quality and lots of fun, it, it's it's a very needed uh, thing on radio. Uh, one one of my uh, things about radio is that uh, there's a huge amount of music on radio, obviously, mm. um, uh, and talk shows where they exist tend to be all about politics and very yeah. boring and dull and shouty and yes. fighting, and there's nothing there's nothing that's useful to people if you see what I mean yeah. so what Just we try to work. do here yeah what we try to do on channel radio is have shows that ha- that help people that that have something to say mm. that people need to hear that isn't a source of an argument, if you see what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so we love the Mindset Matters show. You do, yeah. yeah. Talk- you can stay.
2: <laughs> I can stay, thank you. It,
3: it's, yeah, I'm on the good side at the moment, so we better
2: not get on the bad side. Uh, but talk about Mindset Matters. If you're tuning in for the first time, this show is all about mental health and well-being. It's about breaking down those stigmas, those taboos, those conversations that we don't have or that we fear having Mm. and a lot of that still goes on it's getting better but Mm. we've still got a long 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 Mm. long way to go yep because there's all sorts of topics that we do not talk about i mean hence why darren and i launched the let's talk better campaign
3: absolutely you came along to i did i came along to number two i think and um it it, was really fascinating and it's a it's a brilliant thing it's another brilliant thing that you do um and uh, so needed yeah and 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 it's a shame that things like that are still needed in the 21st century you'd, okay. you'd think that we'd have evolved in some way to kind of handle things like that but we just don't seem no. to
2: no and I, i'm not you know i don't want to go on a rant or anything but
3: oh go on no, <laughs> i'll
2: leave that to you sure. <laughs> no but like for a, for ages now for, actually for years cuz you know i was a primary teacher as you know yeah, yeah. and I always knew that mental health and well-being of children, staff mm. and parents was so, so important. Mm. We then had lockdown. Fast forward, we all, we then had lockdown where suddenly people's mental health started to decline even more mm. and it became more noticeable, right? Yeah. So we're seeing more of that happening. What gets me, I've been trying to, as a coach, trying to get into schools to do what I do. Mm. Of course, budget is always an issue. Mm. And... It really breaks my heart that I'm trying to do this, but then all of a sudden, over the last couple of months, I'm seeing on the news an advert of how children's mental health is declining. Let's do something about it. And they're yeah. putting this all out there. Yeah. And I've been trying to do it for ages.
3: Mm. It's I, I don't wanna I don't wanna get I mean, just said it, it's about <laughs> political arguments. I don't, yes, get into political, to that, no. I don't wanna get into political I don't wanna get into political about it, but uh, one of the root causes of problems uh, in the Western world is our education system. Uh, it mm. it doesn't focus in the right way on the right things. It, it is too obsessed with ones with, with exam passing.
2: Yeah, the results.
3: Yeah, uh, it's too obsessed with that, which is what starts off a lot of people's stress and mm. um, anxiety. Uh, that schools also have degenerated into political organisations where they're force-feeding people narratives about different things. Mm. I don't care whether you agree with those narratives or not, they shouldn't be force-feeding narratives of any kind. Um, In my opinion, what they should be doing is helping people, one, to think for themselves, and two, uh, monitoring people's well-being at school. Um, You know, because early signs of mental stress and anxiety are fairly easy to spot if you look for them. Yeah, absolutely. And if you can attack something in the early stages, it's much easier to deal with than to let it fester, grow and and get worse and And then try and retrofit it, uh, which is what we do. You know, we wait until people are adults and then go, blimey, you're a mess. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's almost like you've got to get to that point before you realise that you need to make a change or something needs to happen. Yeah. And it's about... Um, preventative measures yeah. taking charge of that
3: well I, I don't know how you feel about this as a, as a teacher and i you know um, me and school never got on I, I went a couple of times but i didn't like it so i didn't <laughs> go back um but um so i'm not i'm not a great uh advert for for um things at school but one, one of my things is is that one of the primary things in education should be about talking about mental strength yeah, uh, and by mental strength, I don't mean you know some form of arrogance or dismissive of things. I mean the ability, giving people early on the ability to cope with the stresses and strains of life. Yeah, yeah, in a way that they don't internalize it. Mm. Uh, yeah, because that's what I, 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 that's what normally happens with people that get into uh, mental difficulties is they face issues in their life that they internalize, yeah. can't solve, and and then. You know, they they just implode on themselves because there's no way out. Yeah, yeah. Because all of all of the things that affect us are things that we think we think not necessarily do, but we think need to be solved. Yeah, mm. and if we can't solve them, if we have no control, um, uh, I, I used to work as a management consultant and. One of my biggest things that I would say to senior management of an organisation when they would complain about their frontline staff is how much control do you give the frontline staff over their work? Oh, we can't do that. That's yes, wh- the whole that's
2: micromanaging yeah, and all yeah, of that. That's
3: why you're getting the results you're getting because people, unless people feel they have control over their life, yeah. they're, they're in a really poor state. Yeah. Um, uh,
2: true, it's control, um, letting you know, giving them that, mm. making them feel valued, so they feel valued,
3: yeah.
2: Um, and they're growing in that their own confidence and resilience. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite shocked to you know see the educational because I didn't grow up doing you know primary school and secondary school. I was in the Middle East, right? Uh, private school in Dubai, very, very different. You know, so mm. when I came back to the UK and I began teaching, I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. It's so different—the mm. way uh, you're spoken to, the yeah. way that you know you're set those goals and targets, mm. the way um, children are nurtured—very, mm. very different.
3: Yeah, I, uh, one of the th- there's. <laughs> see, we're what, going what, on a while, we're no, 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 <laughs> no. I'm, I'm going to end up back in politics, and I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you know a, a lot of people are moaning at the moment and want to end private education in this country. They don't understand what the basics of private education is, and it's basically what you just said.
0: Mm.
3: Private schools in this country will have pastoral care of their mm. students. They do all the, uh, you know, all the GCSE nonsense that everybody yeah. else does, but there's a whole layer in private schools that look after the integrity of the students, which is missing in the, mm. in, the uh, in the public sector. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what people don't realise, you know, they think it's all just about money and uh, privilege. Um, and, and there is some of that, and yeah, there's no doubt yeah, about that. There is some of that in there because you need money to go um, unless you get a scholarship. But but what they don't understand is what some of the other things that the, uh, the public school sector should be looking at mm. uh, in terms of how most of them treat their students. Not all, but, you know. Yeah.
2: yeah, it needs to be. Finished. Yeah. You know what? We could probably talk about this.
3: We could talk about anything.
2: Yeah, we can yeah. definitely. Um, but we're not here to talk about me or that. But we are here to find out about you.
3: Oh dear.
2: Oh dear. Yeah. So, if you want to go and get a cup of tea, go and grab a cup of tea. Quick.
3: Uh, do something more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. I'll be finished in an hour or so. So you can come back then. Yeah.
2: Oh, you know what? I might just go and sleep on the in the corner and yeah, let yeah, you carry yeah. on here. Uh, But before we do, I just want to thank Intune PR. Um, They are proud every time they get a client media coverage and they write a fantastic piece of content Mm. for their blogs or their websites. Mm. They are also proud to sponsor the Mindset Matters show because we do share much needed wisdom here. And somewhere in there, we are helping people. Even if it touches one person's life, and this is what this show is about, it's about making that difference, that you are not alone out there, that we all go through struggles, um, you know, extreme, not extreme, but it's there. Let's work together, let's see what's out there to help us Mm. manage our well-being overall
3: yeah absolutely um,
2: and i love having guests on you know whether they're experts because we can have discussions I, as we're having whether they're political or not we don't try not to get too political but also those who share their personal journey mm. because that is where the difference happens
3: right
2: it's when you share you missed my story i told on the third event of let's talk better
3: Oh, yes, I didn't go to that one, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, I opened up a little bit of... Oh, did you? Did you
3: expose yourself? I did. Oh, all right. I don't suppose there's a record of that anywhere for me to go and listen to.
2: (laughs) No, I don't think so, unless somebody has recorded it, but (laughs) I don't think so, because I think people will be like, ooh. Okay. Um, But, you know, it's about that vulnerability, because Mm. it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. When you feel vulnerable. Anyway, Paul. Hmm. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, because you have got so much knowledge. You've got your finger in so many different pies. Hmm. Um, but there's a t- particular topic that we're going to be talking about, sure, uh, which is the workspace. But, yeah.
3: Okay. Well, I don't, know, I don't know where you want to start, because I'm really old, so I, go, I can't <laughs> yeah, go really back to old. the beginning. We haven't got <laughs> enough time. Um,
2: we'll do part two.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, about me. Um, I, uh, as a kid... I was very introverted and quiet. Um, really? Yeah, really, really. Wow. Um, uh, uh, completely useless at everything. Um,
2: we don't say that word here. No, 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 know, but, yeah. but
3: it's, it's appropriate because I was told that repeatedly at school, mm. how useless I was, and my dad wanted me to be a dustman because he thought I could cope with that uh, when mm. I left school. Uh, I only had one talent, um, and the school didn't recognise that at all, uh, which was reading. I loved reading books, um, and not just fiction, but I, I, I'd read um, factual books as well, uh, and really weird. i I read some weird stuff. The funniest thing was, when I was about 12, um, for my 12th birthday, my mum said, what do you want for your birthday? So I said, I'd like to go to um, a bookshop in the Charing Cross Road, a uh, huge bookshop there. can't remember what it's called now. Very famous bookshop. Anyway. I said, I'd like to go there for the day and to buy three or four books, which is what we did. And I bought three or four books. So age 12, in the, my birthday's in the middle of the summer holidays. Um, I bought, um, I got P.D. Orspensky's A New Model of the Universe, a translation of Plato's Republic, um, and a uh, a weird... Um, psychedelic book is um, <laughs> uh, I, I the only way I could describe it K- Khalil Gibran um, no idea Yeah, who's a, a, an Iranian philosopher uh, and they were the three books I chose age 12 and I read all of them in the summer holidays and mm-hmm. I finished them when I got back to school I was put into remedial reading lessons because my reading was subpar Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so at that point, I went. Do you know what? I'm just not interested in school. They're a bunch of idiots, and I'm just not going to partake anymore. Um, and I just, I just butted out of school until 14. I walked out one day and never went back. And really, uh, yeah, yeah. I got a job instead. And um, yeah, but it, 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 wow. it, yeah. It, it was typical. What happened mm. when I was in primary school? We used to read these. The, the official books were Blue Book One. Green Book 1, I don't know if you come across them.
2: No. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yes,
3: yeah. Yes. Yeah, and there's six of them. So there's six blue books you and six green through. books. You read Blue Book 1, blue uh, Green Book 1, Blue Book 2, Green Book 2. Okay. Don't you? What happened was... I'd been through all of the sequence by the time I was in the third year, and I had two years left, and I had nothing left for me to read, so they made me start again. So I read them all again, and then when I went to leave school, I was back to blue book one for the third time. Well, when I went up to secondary school, they went, what reading book is he on? And they went blue book one. So they decided I had remedial reading thing. They never asked me to read anything to test it. They just assumed that what they were given was true, so I was put in remedial reading lessons, which was bonkers. It was the only thing I was any good at and um uh so as i said i just switched off at that point and didn't want to know anymore Yeah,
2: and that could have actually turned you away from reading as well yeah it could done you know your enthusiasm for that Mm. because that's all very very negative isn't it yeah exactly you lose you lose the motivation you lose the excitement yeah and reading's supposed to excite Mm. you
3: yeah exactly but i'm still a manic reader i I, i'm an absolutely manic reader i read three or four books a week um, i'm i 'm blessed with the fact that I can read really quickly and retain the information um
2: yeah i've never met someone who can retain information as much as you
3: yeah it's, it's incredible it's 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 bonkers really and and <laughs> uh, even if i'm reading i read quite a lot of historical fiction mm. um but good authors of historical fiction put a lot of information in their books you know they do a huge amount of research and um uh, uh one of my particular favorite authors a uh, chap called uh 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 angus um i can't think of his surname at the moment um because uh, i follow we follow each other on twitter and he only lives around the corner he lives in region and uh, oh, wow. okay. he's written a whole series of books on uh, different things but he does a huge Uh, Angus Donald, I beg your pardon, Angus. Uh, He's done a huge amount of research. for Each of his books, the writing of it is very short. It's the research beforehand and the historical research. Mm. So even though they're fiction, even though they're stories, I gain a lot of insight and knowledge about things from that, um, which which luckily I managed to kind of retain. (laughs) um,
0: Brilliant.
3: Yeah, as as snippets (laughs) of of silly stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, that's, that, yeah, I mean, reading is absolutely wonderful. I mean, mm. m- you know, when I was growing up, there, there was reading there, but, again, it was limited amount of books mm. um, that you had, but we didn't have a library um, to go to like you do here in the UK. Yeah. It was just the school library, and that's what you had. Mm. And at that time, there was no, at the beginning, no internet, no Google. Sure. You couldn't yeah. read online. So, again, I started reading when I actually left well actually when I went into university right. that's when I started reading okay. for enjoyment because
0: mm.
2: wasn't excited you know we didn't get um, unfortunately my parents didn't read to us at bedtime yeah. so we didn't get all of that nurturing.
3: Yeah. Is well, a shame, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Luckily my, my mum and dad were both uh, big readers. My dad not my mum re- reads books and still does even though she's got dementia she still reads Amazing. books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um my dad was never a book reader but he did read a huge amount of uh, newspapers uh, current affairs and all this stuff. And my mum taught me to read before I went to school. Fantastic. So when I arrived at infant school age 4 Your I could ahead. already read. Um but, but a lot of that actually worked against me because people weren't interested because I didn't fit into what they were trying to do. You know, they're going, ah. For Apple, and you go, were oh no, I already know that. Yeah, and they go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they made you go, yeah, yeah. You still
2: go through that process. You had to go
3: through that process, which, mm. as you say, could quite easily have just turn, turned me off of mm. uh, reading it. Uh, what it actually did was, I started to think. I only thought I never, I never articulated it to them, but I go, you're just an idiot, <laughs> and. <laughs> I'm not listening to you because you don't know what you're doing. Mm. Yeah, you're not teaching me anything. Um, so why should I take you seriously? And that was kind of my approach to school, really. Um yeah, it's I a just, shame, isn't yeah. it?
2: I mean, uh, now we, you, you, you but you know, you can either make something positive out of that experience, yeah, or not, yeah, because you've always got t- yeah. two choices,
3: yeah, and uh, and I, I I don't know, I don't know. What inspired me to to be like that? Because I, I, I didn't particularly rebel against it. I, yeah. I didn't get really upset about it or anything. I just I, I just remember thinking, "This is bonk. This mm. is just rubbish," and I'm not doing it anymore. And I just switched off. Is all I did. Which I um, what and um, but I've always been fairly inquisitive about things, and I think that is a saving grace because once I left school. Um, I I, I worked at a place called Turkey Mill, which was a paper mill, Um, and I had a really awful job. Uh, I was grease monkey, and my job, (laughs) that was my job title. Really? Yeah, really, honestly. Did it
2: involve a lot of grease?
3: It did involve a lot of grease. The interview process, there were three of us that went for the job, and the interview process, the foreman stood there with a a lump of four-by-two wood, and he balanced it on our heads and I was the shortest so I got the job
2: oh wow that was how I
3: passed the interview being the shortest because I was by far the youngest as well gosh and my job was to crawl in the machine I'm not lying about this people just think I'm making this up my job was to crawl in the machine whilst it was running and grease the bearings of it to keep it running that was my job as a grease monkey
2: I've gone silent now (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Yeah. I mean you're a tall guy.
3: I am now. Right? I wasn't when I was fourteen.
2: <laughs> wow. So I would have imagined you being quite tall when you were fourteen. No,
3: well. I wasn't. I was I was a spurt grower. Mm. Uh, when I left school I was five foot one. Um and by when I was fourteen, by the time I was seventeen, I was six foot two. But you know, so it was a growth spurt. And by then I'd moved on <laughs> from being a grease monkey, luckily. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> a well established
0: businessman. But,
2: <laughs> but
3: I'll tell you, there was a chap called Arthur Ells. Uh, that worked in the uh, in the paper mill, and he was the night shift foreman, and he gave me the best bit of advice I've ever had in my life, and throughout my entire working life, mm. I have stuck to his piece of advice. And he said, listen, Pauline, I had long hair. It was... I was going to say... Was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was... an." It was the 19, end of the 1960s, beginning of the 1970s, <laughs> yeah. I had shoulder-length hair. Yeah, I know, it's Can't hard to believe it. now. No, no, I'm just
2: looking at you yeah. going, oh, my goodness.
3: And, and being, I was 14, so I was very immature. So everybody called me Pauline. Um, and he said, listen, Pauline, I'll give you a piece of advice. First learn your own job, then learn somebody else's. And I thought, do you know what? That's mm. a really clever thing to say. And within a very short space of time, I... I I took that to heart, and I did something, and uh, serendipity kicked in. Mm. What, what happened, there's, there's a function in paper mills called a dryerman, and the dryerman's job is to put the watermark in paper. Uh, and our dryerman was a lad called Blair. He was 20-odd um, when I was working there. So I... Arthur told me learn somebody else's job, and I was fascinated by these dandy rolls, which are the things that put watermark in paper. Mm -hmm. So I'd ask him loads of questions. Well, how's that? that? And he'd go, Oh, shut up. And I go, No, I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. And he'd go, okay, I'll show you. And he'd give me a piece of paper. paper, He went, Suck that. And I went, What? (laughs) He went, Suck it. And I went, What? No, you're winding me up. And he went, No, suck it. So I sucked this piece of paper. And he said, What can you taste? So I went, It's horrible. taste of alum. He went, Yeah, that's got a lot of alum in it. He said, So that's a heavyweight paper. Oh. He said, "Now suck this." <laughs> really? <laughs> suck yeah. The paper? Really? It's not only you a grease monkey? Yeah. <laughs> You're also paper, a sucker. paper sucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, he he t- he showed me the basics of being a dryerman. Yeah. Oh. And then, uh, bearing in mind that we worked twenty-four hour shifts, so there were three dryermen uh, uh, in the factory. Uh, Blair was one of them. He uh, showed me how to do it. I went into work one day uh, on an evening shift, and the f- and the general manager was there. And I think, oh, something going on. Uh, what's wrong? And they said, the dryman quit. There's no dryman in. So we're going to have to shut down the machines yeah. because we can't put the watermark in the paper. That's going to cost us a fortune. It could kill us. Mm. I went, oh, I could do it. Yeah, and there. they went, really? I went, yeah, suck that. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, so they went, we've got nothing to lose. You do it. Yeah. So they gave me the job. you know, And that piece of serendipity, which... It isn't luck, it's opportunity, opportunity, but it's also taking on board what somebody said to you. Mm. And so Arthur's advice to me always struck me as being the most valuable thing I ever had. Mm. And through the rest of my... The whole of my career, which is really eclectic, um, is based on things like that, learning stuff that Mm. I had no right to learn and then luckily being in the right place to deploy it in some way.
2: But... You know, you said no right to learn, but actually, you, it's everybody's right. Yeah, in, yeah, absolutely. It, you yeah. know, and you grab that opportunity because you just don't know when it can... Well, do,
3: you know, do you know, one of the things that I've found, you do get one or two people that just don't want to yeah. uh, participate, you know, they just don't. What I found is that the most people that won't share their knowledge with you don't know anything. Mm. which is why they won't share the knowledge because they don't know anything to tell you. The people that do know stuff are always very happy to share their knowledge because if nothing else, it's a form of showing off. (laughs) Yeah. It is in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let me show you how to do that. Whereas all the ones that go, no, mind your own business, I invariably end up finding out that they didn't really know very much about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's a side to that. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Right, so we're going to carry on talking to you. But just a couple of tweets. um, uh, This is going back to the education, so it's not to Mm. set you off. Sarah Marsh-Collins has said, Our education system teaches children to focus on the things they're bad at, Mm. at the expense of the things they're good at. And then... They wonder why kids grow up with confidence, self-esteem issues.
3: Bonkers. Absolutely. I used to do a thing. (laughs) Sarah, you're absolutely right. I used to do a thing when I was doing leadership training that said the problem with our education system, if they had someone like Usain Bolt in their class they would the education system would go Who's saying you're really good at 100 meters but your cross country's crap mm. so we're going to stop you doing 100 meters and put you into remedial cross country and what you'd end up with is a bad cross country runner and a bad sprinter absolutely yeah because yeah. they won't focus on what you're good, good at. at
2: yeah and it's it's all about nurturing because not mm. everyone can do everything so pick out what you're good at yeah and nurture that
0: yeah
2: and you know, help that person to grow.
0: Mm.
2: Right. Uh, so I'm still looking at her gifts of the, you know, the, the characters, um, Pooh Bear dancing and. <laughs> is it Ariel? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Ariel yeah. and yeah. Donald Duck and.
3: Sarah <laughs> finds some really brilliant gifts. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: She knows how to distract me when I'm on yeah. the show as well. <laughs> anyway, um, right. We're going to go into a quick music break and we're going to have the song ABBA. And it's called I Have a Dream. Now, before we do, do you want to tell the audience, because you did an amazing job last night, before we go into this, the Abbers. Uh, uh,
3: Zena and I and one or two others were at an event last night, uh, which was the Above and Beyond uh, Business award, uh, Bromley Business Awards, uh, uh, affectionately known as the Abba bubbers
2: Abba
0: bubbers
3: yeah. yes. The Abba bubbers
0: <laughs>
2: Jules, um, are you listening? Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, uh, and they, uh, as part of the entertainment, they had an ABBA tribute band. Um, and uh, they were very good too. So, yeah. And we had a fantastic time last night.
2: We did. And it really brought um, so many people together, mm. the, the community. Yeah. Um, you know, there was lots of people I didn't know in that room as well. Yeah but we got to know them and what they do. It mm. was just a It was a really fantastic great. evening.
3: And so, a huge shout-out to the yeah. organiser, Loretta yes, Wright, absolutely. of Life in Magazine. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant uh, effort. And uh, how you're going to surpass that next year, I've no yeah, idea. she
2: really pulled yeah. that together. It yeah. was yeah. amazing yeah. beyond that. It was absolutely fabulous. I think mm. Sarah used that word earlier on. There it goes, have a fantapabulous. Bulas showed you do. <laughs> show, anyway, right, we're going to go into ABBA and this is dedicated to Loretta Wright.
0: I have a dream A song to see See the wonder of a fairy tale You can take the future, even if you fail I'd
1: Matters: Exploring mental health and well-being horizons with New Rani. This show is dedicated to offering insight, support, and tips, covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave, inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through. This long standing negative stigma. Hello and welcome back.
2: You've been listening to the
1: Mindset Matters Talk Show.
2: And I have a dream dedicated to Loretta Wright of Life in Magazines, where she has an Orpington magazine, a Bromley magazine, and soon to launch.
3: Beckenham. Beckenham.
2: Mm. So, yeah, a wonderful, wonderful night. So, yeah, it's going to be another talk of the town. Cool. <laughs> Yes, as you said, surpass it. Right, so, talking about you, mm. tell us a little bit about your business side of things and then we're going to talk about the workspace that yeah. you have, um, which is all based around sort of the, the, the mindset and the mental health aspects. But for the listeners out there as well, Paul and I are both NLP trained as well,
3: mm-hmm. are My, we? Yeah, we are. Mine was a long, long time ago. Um, I was trained by Paul McKenna and Michael Breen all um, oh, thirty years ago, probably. Do you um, lo-
2: use a lot of those? No, and I, I, for not
3: not not. I, I probably do subconsciously mm. on myself. Um, I don't. I don't any. I, I because I don't work in that field any longer. I tend not to. But like a lot of things, I guess I've assimilated it into how I kind of think about things. I was talking to one of my senior managers the other day and he he was telling me about a problem that he had with one of our staff members and I just looked at him and after a little while he looked at me and he went, you've already told me how to deal with this, haven't you? You told me the other day (laughs) and I went, if that's what you think. And he said, no, you did, I remember now. He said, I, I, I'm to let it go and let it wash over me because they won't remember this in us exactly. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of drama about in life mm. and quite often if you overreact to the drama, it just makes it worse. Yeah. So one of my approaches, which I probably learnt from NLP, um, was is to let things sink in and if if it really is a bad thing, and people will keep telling you mm. if they suddenly move on to something else, then it really wasn't as bad as they thought it was. So I tend to try not to react immediately to everything. Sometimes sometimes that's not possible. You know, you just yeah. go, you're what? You're, you're an yeah. idiot. Stop yeah. it. Um, but I try I try not to react straight away and to let things unfold and mm. see how they unfold. Because a lot of people do things based on the zeitgeist. Uh, there there was an interview yesterday with two girls on a demonstration and the interviewer asked them a very basic question about the demonstration they're on. They didn't have a clue. Mm. The reason they were there was because all their mates were there. They didn't right. know what they were demonstrating about. They didn't know why <laughs> they were demonstrating. But it, you know, and the guy, the guy headlined it TikTok demonstrations because they'd just seen it on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> and and you get a lot of that that, that people will have. S- really strong views, get really upset about things, but they don't really know why. They yeah,
2: because yeah. it's that instant emotion, isn't yeah, it? It is. It's, it's just sort of an emotional burp. Yeah. yeah.
3: And if you if you can let that go, and, and I think one of the things that NLP taught me is to process those kind of things and not react. You know, you kind of uh, separate uh, your reticular activating system yes. from its instant uh, reaction. reaction to things. Yeah. yeah? Uh, by kind of putting a, a wall down it that says, well, we'll, well, hold on, we'll look at that in a minute and yeah. see how we feel about that.
2: And it's about like taking that breath, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm sure um, for you, having had that um, learning of NLP and mm. then you obviously apply it to yourself, because yeah. if things, you, you start with yourself, mm. it must have been really, really useful for you, because mm. it sounds like, in your business life as a business
0: person.
3: Yeah. Um how long we got? Um not that long. <laughs> not that long. You know my show I'll, ends at yeah, 12 yeah, or just yeah. before 12. <laughs> um, I'll, 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 I think I think this could be important so I, I can't. like a lot of people the reason that I came to it is cuz I was in a, uh, a a dark place in my own life. I'd I'd had a very successful corporate career up until a point that I burnt out. Mm. Uh got very stressed uh Drinking too much. I'm I'm teetotal now. I've been teetotal 30 years because I recognise I was drinking too much. Um, You know, uh, trying to uh, cope with life. Um, And being the kind of person I am, I I had an incredibly senior job, um, uh, which was paid a huge amount of money. And uh, I walked into work one day and I quit, with nowhere else to go. Now. That made me feel better about that. It didn't do a great deal for my marriage. (laughs) Um, uh, But it also started a a train of things that lasted about 10 years where I went through a lot of mental anguish. Mm. I'd had a successful career, as I said, but because I walked away from it, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So um, I did what I always do. I started reading loads of books. Uh, and I read books on um, motivation, uh, psychotherapy, Mm. cognitive behaviour therapy, and and I was reading them to try and learn something for myself, how to deal with the problems that I was facing. I came across NLP. I liked it. I put myself on an NLP course, and I I suspect quite a few people do this. At the end of the course, I thought, I could do that. I could do that as a living. Yeah. yeah. Um, And... Uh, so I developed not quite. Uh, I didn't go into uh, therapy per se. I went more into um, motivational training. Yeah. Yeah. And I ended up by a series of serendipitous things as a motivational speaker, uh, a leadership trainer, and a management consultant. Well, Although the management consultancy, so I was easy because I, that was sure a follow-on from what I was doing before, um, and and that kind of saved me to some extent because it then gave me some purpose in life and basically a skill set that was different to the one I've been using, which is what I was trying to do. After 20 years Mm. in corporate, I worked in IT, and after 20 years in corporate IT, I just didn't want to do it anymore. I just did, yeah. I, I couldn't face looking at another computer. I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to do it. Um, but I didn't know what else to do because that's what I did. So uh, this whole psychotherapy, psychological, cognitive, um, cognitive behavior therapy, neurolinguistic programming—all those things were completely different insights for yes. me. Yeah. Um, so I started playing around with those kind of things and incorporating them into training programs and, and stuff like that. And what I did. Um, because a lot of people will just go into pure NLP stuff or uh, uh, psychotherapy or whatever. What I did is I applied them to management learning and I offered leadership training courses with NLP embedded in the course. So I didn't even talk about NLP as a thing. I just embedded Embedded some of the techniques in there when I was saying, how do you manage people? Um, you know, because leadership is about managing people, Absolutely. whether their uh, staff, uh, customers, uh, the government, yep. uh, leadership is totally about managing people, in my opinion. Uh, and therefore, uh, something like NLP is really useful in terms of uh, how you deal with things like that.
2: Yeah, it's a tool, isn't it? And a process is, yeah. that you go through. Yeah. It. And it, it can be easily embedded into lots and lots of different Absolutely. things. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't use pure, pure NLP very rarely. Mm. It's Generally, I embed it into my coaching practice mm. yeah. and the other things that I do. Yeah. So, it's one of those.
3: So, yeah. So, um, um, yeah, I, I, I don't consciously think about it very often now, but it's just part of me, I guess. Yeah, and it's part of how I, my weird brain normally functions.
2: But I, I love the fact that, you know, not that your brain's weird or anything like that, but you're unique. And, but how you said you it's embedded and it's become part of you Mm. and that's uh, really important for people to understand that when you do something it's new initially Mm. but the more you do it it becomes that habit then it becomes the norm and then you'll do it without even thinking but you've got to go through that process to get there
3: it's a journey it's one of it's one of the strange things i uh, Uh, weirdly, uh, (laughs) this is going to make you laugh. Yesterday, I wrote a little blog, which I put up on my blog site, about how to be lucky. Okay. Okay? (laughs) And being lucky... It doesn't require any. Well, there, there is quite a bit of research into Lucky Charms and and, mm. and belief systems over luck, and and a huge part of luck is just believing that you're lucky. Yeah, but but that's that's an NLP thing, really, because it's about reframing in your mind. mind to understand <laughs> what's going on around you. Um, so, in this little blog about how to be lucky, one of the things I talk about in there is you you've got to be there to do it. Yeah. And so many people will s- s- prevaricate. They'll sit on the edge of something and go, shall I do this?" Yeah. Whereas I've always been, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I'm not, I'm not. And I'm not going to mess about thinking about this. It. I'm <laughs> going to do it or I'm not going to do it. And and I'm that's starting right now. Yeah. Um, it is about st- stepping into the darkness. It is about stepping into a new world and going, I'll go. Because what what most people don't seem to appreciate is you can you can step into something and if it doesn't suit you 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 can step step out out again (laughs) yeah Yeah, but they seem to think well once i've committed i've got to make this happen otherwise it's i'm going to look a failure but
2: but that's the fear of judgment isn't it it is the external Uh, factors
3: and and absolutely and it's the fear of failure Mm. and yeah failure is the best thing ever
2: because you learn from that.
3: Because you learn from it.
2: But we're not taught that from a very young age. We're exactly. going back to that, aren't we? So
3: You can't succeed yeah. without failure. You can't You can't learn to ride a bike unless you've fallen off. I mean, you, you know, even Absolutely. when your mum's put stabilisers on it, you've got to take the stabilisers and you've got to wobble. You yeah. know, it, it, life is about failure. It's not about success. And one of the things that drives me mad with uh, entrepreneurs, and I get this, <laughs> is, you know, they all start off their talk with, you know, I spotted a gap in the market and, you know, we were successful and no you weren't you failed about 25 times before you hit on something that kind of half worked yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: do you know what that is so true because what we see is we see the people that are successful but they're not talking about mm. um their struggles and challenges that they've had exactly. so it, it makes other people oh i can do that yeah. but actually there's so uh, much more to it, that, it. that
3: that 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 is absolutely 100%. The problem at Zenat is that when you hear from someone that has eventually been successful, they tell you all about the successes, uh, and then people try it and, and they get all these failures. And they go, well, "I'm useless at this." Yeah. But so is everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just not
2: telling yeah. you how they yeah. got there. You just
3: have to persevere. You do. You know, each failure is a learning process. Yeah. It, it. You know, it's feedback. I I get this with Jobs in Kent, my recruitment portal. People go, I applied for a job. I didn't hear anything about it. Uh, That's not right. And I go, yeah, it's feedback, isn't it? And I go, what do you mean? I well, you've sent a CV and they haven't even bothered to reply. There's something wrong with your CV in there in in regards to that job. Mm. Well, is there. Well, obviously, otherwise they would have snapped you up and given you an interview, wouldn't they? <laughs> so that is a piece of feedback that you might want to think about.
2: Yes, thinking why. Yeah, stepping back and not taking it to a heart, but to thinking, okay, what didn't work here? What yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Why didn't that work? Do I want? You know, if I don't care, if I'm going to move on to something else, then forget it. Yeah. If I really, really want that job or I really, really want to know more about it, how about having another, another go at it? Yeah, you know,
2: or ringing them up and asking them, you know, yeah, what yeah, is it yeah. that I didn't get or why yeah. didn't I get the job?
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Asking for that feedback.
3: Yeah, exactly. But
2: that takes a lot of courage as well. It does,
3: it? yeah, and, and um, you know, but people have got lots of courage to moan, but they don't have lots of courage to yeah. fix things.
2: Well, I think, you know, we're not going to go on to that, but a lot of the... Younger generation, there's many, not all, that they kind of want things on a silver platter. yeah yeah. Unfortunately,
3: mm. uh, uh, you know, uh, generations that have. Uh, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are loads and loads of talented kids. And, uh, oh, you, absolutely. You know that I I speak a lot in schools and colleges and universities. Um, uh, Funny enough, I'm I'm about to do a thirty thirty in the new year at university. Uh, Which is going to be uh, a first?
2: Um, Yeah, just tell our listeners about this thirty thirty. Yeah, thirty thirty
3: is a thing that I developed back in twenty fifteen. It's a free program that I offer to schools and colleges, where I take thirty businesses into a school to talk to thirty A level students. uh, Initially, we talk to all kinds of people now uh, about the world of work. uh, About um, and we do two or three things in a couple of hours. We talk about the world of work and careers and what what's hot and what's not and where the world of work is going. We talk about the kind of jobs that are available out there and the type of skills that they require. Uh, and then we do speed networking where the students get to meet business owners who tell them unequivocally what it is they're mm. looking for in people they're going to hire. And uh, the feedback is also the other way. It's students saying, what, you know, what I would want from an employer, what I want to do, what, you know, how I want to work and how I want to be.
2: Yeah, um, it's a, it's such a great initiative and mm. I've been part of it a few mm. times now. Yeah. I absolutely love it because I get a lot yeah. um, just speaking to yeah. the young
3: students. Well, it gives you an insight into that world, and their, doesn't it? their
2: world and their mm. thinking mm. and what their concerns are. Because I go mm. in as a uh, mindset coach, you know, the yeah, clarity yeah. coach going in. But really to understand, you know, what are the, wh- why are they making those choices? Yeah. Uh, what's the reasons behind that? You know, uh, their fears or their motivation. Yeah. It's just such a great way... To have that connection, so when they do go out into the working world, yep. they understand it better as well.
3: Absolutely, yeah. We've we've and had four and a half thousand students through the program now. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
2: Amazing, amazing cool. thing you do. Right. So, uh, talking about your workspace. Mm. So, one in particular is the one in Cheerness. Mm-hmm. and. You've got a few of these.
3: I have, yeah. Yeah,
2: I'm not going to say. It. I'll let you do the talking, okay. as you are doing
3: the talking. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, what God do you him. want to know? I mean, Just
2: how important is it to have these workspaces? What yeah. is the purpose of them? Yeah. Um, and you know, when it comes to our looking after our own well-being mm-hmm. in having them, mm. because. You don't just have one, but you've got a few, and there's a reason yeah. why that. Yeah. Plus, you've got a campaign coming up, mm. which is the Headspace campaign. One, yeah. like yeah, you yeah, to tell yeah. me about.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, let's start at the beginning. Yep. Yeah, because, like everything else in my life, it was an accident.
2: Okay. <laughs> Serendipity.
3: Yeah. I, I own a company called Fruit Bow Media. And Fruit Bowl Media uh, is a web design company. We design websites, but we design top-end websites for big organisations. We, we design small ones as well, mm. but our primary business is trade show websites, big ones. Um, and We only have uh, two members of staff originally uh, when we first had the company, and we were looking for an office in Canterbury. Uh, and the reason I was looking in Canterbury is my two staff lived relatively in that area. And we came across an office which was actually the top floor of a Victorian warehouse, and it was mm, derelict, almost. Mm. It was, the building was intact, but it was in a really shabby state. And the landlord said to me, you can have this floor rent-free for a year if you tidy it up. Absolutely. We'll yep. do that. There
2: you go. Opportunity. <laughs>
3: yeah. So my guys, it wasn't me, my guys actually did it themselves. They they and they said to me, Do you know what? When we've started looking at this, this is a fabulous building. Rather than redecorate it, we're gonna strip it back. So they stripped the oak floorboards back to oak and they stripped the paint off the brickwork and and we ended up with a building that looks stunning, okay? But there's three of us and it's a thousand square feet one big wow. room so we're all down one end and there's like a football pitch in front of us um, and I'm thinking what on earth are we going to do with the rest of this space we can't you know even heating it, it's going to cost me a fortune yeah. anyway I was reading something uh, and there was a chap called Brad Newberg uh, based in California and he, he'd just been on um, a Y incubator course run by um, Paul Graham um, and uh, for those that don't know why incubator is a startup incubator in california, Paul Graham's a, a British American billionaire that invented the, you know the startup incubator term, oh, wow. uh, which is basically where he'd take people with um, business ideas and mentor them in an incubator to get them to market. Um, and easy. Brad Newberg had come up with the idea of what he called a co-working space, and he'd launched a co-working space in California where people from the incubator would need office space, but they had no money. They couldn't afford mm. to go and hire a office or anything like that. So he started uh, uh, these spaces, which gave people a desk. And part of the rationale behind the original co-working space was a, a bunch of like-minded people could all work in the same space Without all working for the same business, so they're all working for different businesses, yeah. i.e., their own. But they have collaboration, they have um, uh, support, and they have um, a, a community. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. And I thought, wow, that's really yeah. lovely. I'm going to do that. So I, we came up with the idea of Fruit Work. We called it Fruit Works because the company was called Fruit Bowls, so we called it Fruit Works. Yeah. <laughs> and we called it Fruit Works and. Well, the first thing we did is, we because Canterbury is unique, um, there are three universities in Canterbury. Yeah. So there's quite a lot of start-up businesses and innovative start-up businesses. So the very first thing we did is we, we staged a thing on a Saturday, all day on a Saturday, which was a combination of the Y Combinator and Dragon's Den. And what we did is we said, come along, a two minute pitch for your business idea, the audience will then vote on whether they like your idea or not. And the top five can do a bigger pitch to some angel investors. So I contacted some friends of mine that mm. worked as angel investors. I was doing angel investing at the time and I had three angel investors. About 50 people turned up in the audience, which That's was great. Good. Yeah. And uh, something like 10, 12 people turned up to do pitches. And half of them got waked off because it was just nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And we were left with three people that had really serious business ideas. Yeah. Uh, they did a longer pitch. Uh, a friend of mine, Howard, immediately invested in one of those businesses and gave them all the money they needed um, to Fantastic. get it off the ground. And then one of the other businesses... Uh, eventually got uh, funding through the people that were there so two of the businesses got funding Uh, and while we were there we were going and you can all of you that have these business ideas if you want you can work here so that's how fruitworks first started it started as a collaborative project to try and get uh, new business startups somewhere to work uh, in a community-based environment where they were working with like-minded people Uh, and then Fruitworks grew from there. That was 14 years ago. and wow, okay. And And well, there's 120 businesses in Fruitworks Cantery now. Um, there
2: you go, yeah. Uh, Big bowl of fruit in there.
3: Yeah, yeah. i, I tell you what. We, give, <laughs> we Seriously, we, we give out free fruit. fruit, except I stopped it because nobody ever ate it. We oh, always threw no. it away at the end of the day because it was bananas and apples and pears and nobody ever eats the free fruit. They, they'll, they'll drink the free beer, they'll eat the free peanuts, they'll eat the free crisps, but not the fruit. it yeah. well, it's too healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I used to get told off, actually. Yeah. Not, well, kind, kind of told off, or not really, actually. When it, when it was people's birthday and I was teaching, mm. everyone would bring cakes and yeah. biscuits and all of that. When it was my birthday, I'd bring in fruit and right. they're like oh it's seen that's birthday <laughs> my,
3: my mother-in-law made me a fruit birthday cake oh God. It, was, it was beautiful it was a pile of fruit you know all stuck with um, uh, you know strawberries and raspberries and those were wonderful lovely um, Yeah, so, anyway, so it started there yeah so fruit work started like that and I realised that uh uh you know along with a lot of other people because now co-working is a big thing there's thousands of co-working yeah, spaces everywhere even
2: in Bromley there's yeah. over the last mm. you know 2 3 years mm. literally yeah. they're becoming more and more popular
3: yeah uh, 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 facilitated by lockdown um uh, and the the and sending people to work from home yeah, uh, which has had a major and profound impact on not only on the economy but on our working life and how people do things. Yep. And and this is where kind of headspace is is coming from. I, I'll just quickly go through our other two locations, <laughs> yes, and, do. and then um, uh, so we're in the process of building uh, physically because they're new builds um, uh, a space in Tenterton called the Trading Post, and the Trading Post is four new-build buildings. One of the buildings is co-working space, one is small office units, one is large office units, and the other one's an event space and um, a coffee shop and eatery. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're building those. Two of the buildings are built, two are still in the process of being built. That's in Tenterton. it's called the Trading Post. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have Island Works at the Dockyard Church mm-hmm. in Sheerness, uh, and this is my pride and joy. It's a um, it's a refurbished church, um, but it's more than that. It's the church burnt down, uh, but it is a Grade One listed building. The facade remained, but the rest of the yeah, church I've burnt seen down. Now
2: photos, of it. It's yeah. absolutely stunning.
3: Yeah, uh, the the building is owned by a charity called the Sheerness Dockyard Church Preservation Trust.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They acquired the building pff, fifteen years ago and maybe even longer. They had to raise a lot of money to restore it. Uh, it cost £9.8 million pounds to restore. It is the most staggering building you've ever seen. Uh, the restoration is beyond belief. Uh, mm-hmm. If, if I, There are pictures in there of what it was like when they started, I a a burnt-out shell yeah. and, w- and what it's like now. Uh, and then, uh, luckily, uh, I've been allowed to... By the lease on the building. Um, so I have a long-term lease on the building, and I now operate it. And I operate the Dockyard Church as Island works, and it's a public coffee shop and eatery, a meeting space, uh, meeting rooms, and an event space. And then we have a mezzanine floor, which is galleried, so it goes right round the entire yep. church, uh, which is co-working space. And the views from there are out over the sea, obviously. You can... Oh. You can. Uh, uh, we're looking at South End. So basically you can see South End okay, out of the windows. Yeah. they not, well, you know, if you want to look at Essex, that's great. <laughs> um, um, so South End on Sea is right opposite us uh, in one direction. And then we're looking out over the Isle of Sheppey from the other direction.
2: I mean, how great is that to have mm. all of that in mm. one place? Yeah,
3: absolutely. Um,
2: just to take a breather. You've got mm. the fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the view, yeah. it's, it's it's wonderful for your well being, isn't actual, it? And Darren was saying he was just like gobsmacked by it.
3: Yeah, and, it's,
2: um, when he came down.
3: It's the 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 weird thing. Um, uh, it's not weird. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, weird's a good word. Um, it is an ex church, and it's got an atmosphere that the minute you walk through the door, you suddenly find yourself relaxing. It's just got that kind of atmosphere that just goes, yeah. Do you know what? Wow. It's like <sighs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It's it's like that. I love I absolutely love going there. Even when I go there and people give me loads of problems, <laughs> you know. I, I still love going there because the atmosphere in there is just incredible. stunning. It's incredible. Oh, by the way, quick advert, we've got a craft fair there tomorrow.
2: Oh, have you? Yeah, free
3: to enter, uh, free to get in. Eleven o'clock. There's thirty craft stands. Go and buy your Christmas presents. Stockyard oh. Church, Garrison Road, Sheerness. Um <laughs>
2: What time is that?
3: Eleven to three, I think.
2: Eleven to three. Yeah.
3: Okay. I mean, okay. we're open. We're open nine till five. Uh, the coffee shop's open nine till five, but the craft fair is due to take place between eleven and three, and and there's thirty stands.
2: Amazing, mm. amazing. Um, and is that um, the island um. In Tudors, not the island, but you know what I mean, the island works. Is that open seven days a week?
3: No, it's open five days a week. Five days no, a sorry, week? No, sorry, six days a week. Monday to Saturday. Monday to Saturday. We don't okay. open Sundays, it's a church.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good one there. Yeah, because there's actually um, Darren sent over the first blog of um, Headspace to me. Yeah. Uh, can you get the right headspace to progress your business? Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about this?
3: Yeah, uh, basically, um, it's a follow-on from what I was saying earlier about Fruitworks Mm. and the Trading Post. There's a lot of people starting businesses. There's a lot of micro-businesses. There's a lot of sole businesses. And one of the things about that, uh, and hence my choice of song in a minute, is um, it's very lonely. It's very lonely working for yourself. It's very lonely being self-employed. It's very lonely being a micro business. You've got no one to turn to. You might have family, but you know you can't keep unloading on a spouse or a partner. No, uh, you know because that just destroys your relationship after a while because you seem to be obsessed with you know work working. rather than yeah. But it is a lonely thing. Am I doing the right thing? Uh, have I missed something? Should I learn more? Should I do less? Should I do more? How am I going to make a living? How am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to pay my... So th- there's all of that on the one hand. There's also a whole group of people now that uh, through one reason or another are now home workers. So they, they have a corporate job, but they work primarily at home. That on the face of it sounds really good, but for so many people, they don't really have effective space. They don't have good technology. You know, the broadband's flaky. mobile signal's yes. flaky. Um, the cat keeps walking across their keyboard. And
2: they lose yeah. all the work. Or the kids yeah. are screaming. Or the
3: kids are screaming. Or there's a tendency to go and raid the fridge every 10 minutes. Or, you know, somebody turns up to, at the door to, you know, deliver an Amazon parcel. There's lots of distractions, but it's also incredibly lonely.
1: Yeah. Even totally if you're agree. working
3: for a big company. So a, a part of... Uh, headspace is to say here's a space where you can come and do your work and you can either you can do it um, without interruption if you want you know you can sit there with headphones on or you can you know you can find you can find a part of the uh, of of the building which is unoccupied and occupy it on your own because it's a huge building with a huge amount of space yeah
2: it's incredible
3: yeah Yeah. Um, but if you want Human interaction, it's there. Yeah. And that's a, a, a number of levels, uh, which is, you know, how you get your headspace organised. You can just go down to the coffee shop and mix with the general public. Yeah. Sharon and the team in the coffee shop will talk you to death <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go down there. Got t- I'll tell you a story in a minute about yesterday. Yeah. We're going
2: to go into quick music break, yeah. right, but then, yeah. Um, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, so uh, th- there's just general chit-chat with members of the public you can go and do. Yep. Up upstairs in the co-working spaces other like-minded people yeah. and one of the things we find in all of our co-working spaces is people collaborate and they collaborate at a really low level to start with you know like just chatting mm-hmm. yeah what do you do oh i do that oh do you yeah. oh i do this so oh, sometimes i need that so you've got like a, a, a bit of business networking a bit of collaboration mm-hmm. a bit of friendship yeah uh, and support um and it's a, it's a place where you can get your head straight.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It's... You know, because you're talking about that. During lockdown, I was at home, home alone completely, mm. nobody else around. And I would occasionally go down to, well, oh, actually quite often, the Newman Centre, which is a co-working space for Lee Thomas, where he's got it near Bromley yeah, North. Yeah, yeah. And for me, that provided such a sense of relief Okay. Again, I was on my own, but walking in, seeing the people who were there running it from a distance, saying yeah. hello, it really felt like you just kept up that social skill, yeah. that community, mm. and it did give you a different sort of view as well, and which is really important.
3: Absolutely, environment and, space. And and here's another benefit which people don't always appreciate for people that are corporate remote workers. Sometimes they go back to their office. But quite often, if you work for a big corporate, even if you're in an office with all your colleagues, there's always this underlying political undertone in a company mm. because you're all in the same business and yeah. you're all fighting for the same jobs and the rest of it and, and stuff like that. The beauty of a co-working space like Island Works or Fruitworks or the trading post is that You're not fighting anybody. There's no political undertones of that kind of thing because you're all all in different organisations. So you get a lot of the benefits of collaboration, uh, friendship, community without all having to go, yeah, but your boss hates my boss and my Absolutely. boss hates that. The, yeah. the
2: usual poli- work politics. All, all the work
3: politics so disappear it. because it's not an integrated corporation. It's a, a loose collection of individual people. Yeah,
2: and also, I love what you say because, because everyone's different as well, you begin to talk about your own little challenges that you have. Exactly. And yeah. then you think, oh, actually, that's a really good idea. I might try that out. Mm. So, again without any of those expectations or those fears of working within the same organisation, mm. you're free to do all of that.
3: Absolutely, yeah. and that that happens so often now uh, in bigger spaces like Fruitworks, which has been around on time with 120 businesses there. The amount of people that do business with each other is nobody's business, you know, and there's a whole range of different people there. So, uh, for instance, uh, we have creative people, but we, there's a guy that um, – uh, he's a finance guy. So he came to me one day and said, could I do a talk to everybody about finance? So yeah, of course you can. So we arranged that and people went, you do business finance? I didn't know that. I need to borrow some money or I need investment or something. And they're like, yeah, I can do that. So you, you're suddenly putting people together that yeah. all work in and the same it environment. And more
2: like trust as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because when you, when you want some for something, whether it's a financial advisor or yeah. an investor – you're like, well, where do I go? Yeah, and if you suddenly got it there, yeah, it's like you said, it's like minded, and yeah. you're like, oh, actually, you know, I've built a relationship with them. Yeah, I've got to know them, what they do,
3: and and, do and, and that that is a huge key, um, especially for small businesses, is that we all know we need accountants and lawyers yeah. and all the rest of it. Uh, um, um, And lots of other things, you know, we need knowledge about GDPR, we need knowledge about websites, all all, all kinds of stuff. One of the problems for small businesses is how to determine whether who you're going to employ to help do that with your very limited funds is the right person for you. The beauty of a co-working space like that and a community is you get to see people in action. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just watch someone. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear them talking to their clients I on think the phone. And you
2: can learn from that.
3: And you learn. You know, oh, I don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like you. You know, if they come off and go, no, I know, you know, idiot that I've sold something to you. you go, oh, I don't like that. I that. But you can see them in action, yeah. and you know, action will tell you Deep far more than words. And you can go, oh, I like, I like the style of that person. That mm. suits me. I'll get to know them and get to know Deep better what style. they do. So you start off potentially. Uh, with a relationship based on mutual appreciation mm. that you didn't have to commit to, to find out if you see what I yep, mean. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Let's jump into. Oh, do you know what? We've hardly gone on to any music breaks here. Oh, no. This is great. Uh,
3: um,
2: let's take a quick break. Uh, do you want to introduce your song that you've chosen? Today yeah, yeah.
3: It, it's actually one of my favourite songs because you know it's a big old nineteen seventies rock anthem, but it's also apposite You know, uh, for people starting out. Uh, Uh, on their own it's here I go again on my own
1: Matters. Exploring mental health and well-being horizons with CNAT Noorani. This show is dedicated to offering insight, support, and tips, covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave, inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through this long-standing negative stigma. Hello, hello, and
2: we are back. Sorry if I was a little bit late, but we were chatting away, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Um,
3: She was making me talk about nonsense. I I was talking about Whittstable. I don't
2: have to make you talk about nonsense. (laughs) No, that's true. Naturally. I'm
3: I'm going to say this, and then I'm not going to say any more about it, so I'm going to leave you hanging. We were talking about mum and custard shortage. That's it. I'm not saying anymore. I'm not saying any more. That's <laughs> another show. Okay. <laughs> that
2: will, yeah, it's definitely another show. Uh, let, let's do some tweets. Have you got any tweets there, by the way? Oh, I haven't looked. Um, so, I've got a message from uh, Chandra Sharma, who's started up a part-time job in Startup Bromley, and he wants a big shout-out to them. So, Startup Bromley, a big shout-out to you. Oh, cool. Uh, he's, um, oh, my God, what's it called? An office... Engage office,
3: office supplies.
2: No, no, no. Yeah, Chandra of that, but he's yeah. um, taken up a part-time job at Startup Bromley. That oh, you, has he? Love. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's going to do amazing there. So congratulations. Oh, well that. done,
3: Chandra. Yeah.
2: And uh, good luck. So he's still got his um, Elmcroft business service. Right. Okay. Going. This is uh, another part where you know what he's like. He loves people. And yeah, He's absolutely. good at what he does. Bringing in community. And we together. love Chandra as well. We do.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. Yes. What else have we got?
3: Okay, I've got a tweet from Jules that's just a picture of her breakfast as normal. Two fried eggs, some very frazzled bacon and a tomato.
2: Yeah, early on she posted something about you not liking... um
3: Eggs and coconut Eggs and milk.
2: Eggs
3: and coconut milk. It's a coconut milk. I can't stand it. You've got um, to have a coconut latte. It, Sarah Marsh Collins. Good vibes. Great display of community. The Abba Babas really show the best of Bromley. The business and people have gone above and beyond in Bromley. And she's put out a number of photographs of uh, the folks that were there, including a long-distance one of me. Brilliant, brilliant.
2: Yeah. I've got Susie Brooks, who was on the show a few weeks ago. She's um, texted me and said, in the office, so listening live, great show today with Paul, trying to tweet, but failing miserably. Need Sarah yeah. to sort out my tweeting ability. Sarah, did you hear that? Better get on to Susie. <laughs> mm.
3: Graves- Gravesham Council have tweeted as well. Oh, uh, Yeah, Gravesham for Business, uh, following on from what we were saying earlier about the abba Um, It's their awards night tonight. So they say tonight is the night for the Gravesham for Business Awards. Uh, good luck to every one of our finalists. Fantastic! Mm.
2: Yeah, good luck with that one. Mm. Um, I've been, there's loads of awards at this time of the year.
3: Yeah, it's award year. That's why I'm so busy doing comparing. I'm, I'm at the Kent Awards next week for Maidstone and Tonbridge Wells, and then uh, I did Seven Oaks last week. Um, the Abba last night. <laughs>
2: it's going to be that now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, Tunbridge
3: next week and Maidstone. Uh, Tunbridge Wells, <laughs> sorry, and Maidstone and then early in the new year in January uh, I'm uh, with Jess Gibson doing the Tunbridge Awards. Wow,
2: you're a wanted man. Something like that. <laughs> well, it really does um, pay off, you know, what you do and,
3: I really enjoy it. And it, 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 it's so uh, you, you are know, with
2: people as well.
3: Yeah. It, it, it's, um, it's a really nice thing to do is to compare um, award dinners because you get to meet so many fantastic, mostly small and medium sized businesses. Mm. Um, loads, of, you know, all around places that aren't local to me, so I'm meeting new people all the time, you know, because I live at the other end of the county to you, you you yeah. you, you South London lot. Um, <laughs>
2: hey, we love I, you I'm love in, us really.
3: I'm in the French lot. We're we're more France <laughs> than London. Um <laughs> But so I don't know as many people there as I do up this end of the county. Mm. So uh, funny enough, uh, we were talking off air about it. I sat next to Lee Thomas last night, who who runs co working spaces and office spaces in Bromley. And Uh, and we were, you know, I was sat with all of his crew from his companies. Uh, So it was interesting to share knowledge and information about what we were doing because we're not in competition because we're a million miles apart.
2: Do you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because Mm. um, that is such an Important thing to understand because often people think, oh, uh, there's a co-working space here and there, and they feel like they're in competition,
3: mm. but they're not, are they? No, no they, you know, even we we Each have one is um, unique. we have the uh, luckily in Sheerness and t- and Tentersen, there aren't any others in Canterbury there are loads of others. Mm. We were first, but
2: <laughs> get it in there. <laughs> yeah,
3: but there there are others, and I have no problem with them at all. Mm. You know, I mean, if. If the market can bear things, and and um, different organisations, different co-working spaces are set up slightly differently and do slightly different yeah. things. You know, uh, a great mate of mine, Roland Stanley, runs Dragon Co-working in Midway. Yep. Fantastic space, love the space to bits. Go over there quite a lot. Um, mm. He he has a completely different way of doing it to me, uh, which is fine. And he, he, they love waffles over there. They have Ooh. waffle nights <laughs> so all go over there the time. for the
2: waffle. Yeah, yeah,
3: exactly. Um, you know and 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 it's a fabulous space and with a brilliant community and i'm i'm really really happy to support that i'm happy i, I actually produce a, a list of all the co-working spaces in ken and i oh, promote right. all of them on my blog because that's just what we do um, oh, Well,
2: you mention them very often on your your show the business mm. bunker as well yeah. yeah and get them coming in yeah. i mean the thing is the um so I've just blanked now. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, you know yeah. me and my we'll blanking. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about something else.
2: We'll talk about something else. We'll talk about the weather.
3: Yeah.
2: No, because it, 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 each place is unique and it's for different dem- demographics as well.
3: Exactly, yeah.
2: And what I see is in co-working spaces can work together as well mm. because you might have a client that is going to uh, South London, from Canterbury and you might say oh well you know what there's this co-working space and and you're sending clients back and forth and that brings and builds a bigger community Mm. and it's great for people as well yeah
3: absolutely there's a lot of there's a lot of companies about now that offer apps where you can transfer your membership between co-working spaces, oh, really? okay. yeah. So if you're a co-working uh, member in Fruitworks and you wanted to go to one of the ones in Bromley, you know, if they're all part of the same app thing, then you just rock up and go, this is my membership of Fruitworks, and they go, in you come. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, there's lots of that about. Uh, it, it, different types of co-working spaces operate in different ways. So the big corporate ones like WeWork and stuff who have just gone bust in America, by the way, oh, wow. Um they just filed for Chapter Eleven. Um uh, But they, are the big London and big city-based co-working spaces, tend to uh, offer that because most of them are populated by corporate travellers. You know, so you've got big corporate. Mm. Uh, project managers that, I don't know, work in Boston that have come to London for a week and they need somewhere to work. Yeah. So they'll work in a co-working space in London. Then they'll fly to Paris and work in a co-working space there because they're just on a you know yeah, uh, yeah. a tour doing business. That, that's a different level of co-working to what we offer in Kent, which is more startup businesses, micro-businesses, sole traders, people right. that aren't transient per se mm. uh, yeah they're just remote <laughs> um but they they're fixed so they tend to always be in canterbury or always be in sheerness or always be in tenston rather than traveling around doing it but having said that uh, and we've got some co-workers this morning that turned up um uh, at one of our spaces uh unannounced and bought day passes because uh, they were in town and needed to do some work so you did get that occasionally
2: yeah yeah they drop in tourists yeah <laughs> mm. No. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it, it, there is a lot to be said about co-working and it's mm. going that way. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of businesses, like you said, they've also closed their doors because they can't afford mm. the um, their organisation being in that office space, yeah. in that building, i.e. Yeah. in London. And they've come out of London and they're actually looking for yeah. um Bigger sort of spaces yep. in co-working spaces
3: yep. to do uh, their business. W- one of the one of the extensive things that we do, and we'll we'll do more of as as things unfold, yep. because <clears throat> uh, Trading Post and Island Works are both fairly new. Um, but it's something that we've done for a, a number of years in uh, in Fruitworks in Canterbury. Is that we we do. Um, well, <laughs> Bite-sized, well, I can't think of it in any other way, bite-sized training workshops, mm-hmm. you know, they're just loosely configured, you know, anybody want to know a bit about how to get your head around this or anybody want to know a bit about VAT or anybody want to know a bit right, about okay. so managing people. So the little workshops that we put together quite often out of the people that work there do it or or people you know we have we have people that are trainers Mm. and they go oh can i run a small workshop here because i'm working with some new material and stuff like that Uh, but we also run small workshops in our places to help people yeah Uh, and that could be on how to raise finance how to go the next level in your business how to scale it up and we we often run mindset um uh, mindfulness. Yeah. We uh, a few years ago um, we ran a whole series of mindfulness training courses in Fruitworks. We we did one a week for like six weeks. Amazing. Yeah, uh, just doing mindfulness training and how to you know still your brain and yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah right uh, on my street <laughs> uh, yeah uh, and feel better about it. We actually have yoga and Pilates classes as well. Fantastic. We have puppy yoga too.
2: No way. Mm. Do you hear that, Sarah?
3: Yeah, we puppy- have puppy yoga. Yeah.
2: So, what people bring in their pups?
3: No, the woman that does the yoga brings her own pups, and
2: we—you
3: get, to, get cuddle to cuddle the pups them. while oh, doing yoga, yes yeah. and then they all get to clear up afterwards. Wow, <laughs>
2: that is amazing! Every
3: Saturday, and uh, again, see, there's yeah. so
2: much to offer, Yep. and how it brings positivity for your mindset and your well-being,
3: uh, and that—that's the whole ethos of of these places. It's about a community.
0: Mm.
3: It's about a community centered around a building. Uh, but it's about a community. It's about looking at the, the people that are in it, why they're there, <clears throat> how they are, uh, where they want to be, uh, what we can do. You know, for sure, some of the people will go to the yoga classes. Mm. A lot of them won't. Um, yeah. And there's no, you know, there's no force in this. And, and, of course, a lot of the things are open to the public. In fact, uh, I'm thinking about it in um, Island Works. On well, a Saturday morning, we have yoga class as well. Now, you and Maggie, there's some pictures on, on the Island Works Twitter account, I think, okay. um, uh, of how they set up for the yoga. They do it early on a Saturday morning before we've opened, um, and they get about 20 people doing yoga in, in the church. Can you imagine doing <sighs> yoga in that space? Because, yeah. the, it, you know, it's it's like having a... A yoga lesson in a cathedral. Um, it's just... That
2: has yeah. got to be incredible. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the acoustics as well. I mean, yeah. we didn't even get to that. Yeah. I mean, what's the acoustics like in there?
3: They're, they're brilliant. We've actually got where the altar used to be is yep. a stage. Mm-hmm. And we have a built-in sound system and lighting rig there. Um, but the acoustics in the building, it's just mellow. It's like it, it's, it resonates as a building. Um it's just beautiful. Um, it has a lovely sound. <laughs> I, I can't describe it in any other way. Uh, when. It has a warmth about it and a, and a feeling, even though it's bloody difficult to heat the building. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> and really expensive. It's difficult to heat the building because uh, it's all stone and brick and polished concrete. But is it quite it? warm in there? It's we, We've managed to... Where they've refurbished it, they've managed to do it as eco as possible. Mm. So it has a fairly stable temperature. We do have heating. Um, yeah. And we have air conditioning as well. Um, mm. uh, um it tends to have a fairly stable uh, temperature there, which is n- not uncomfortable either way. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I, I was talking to my guys the other day and I was going, if it snows, we might have to think about how we're going to handle this. If it gets really cold out there, because we've got, all, uh, we got glass... The
2: bottles and things. Yeah, but we got,
3: <laughs> the problem is we've got glass doors on the front entrance and they're automatic opening. So people walk past and the doors open... And you get this blast of cold air where the doors have opened and closed. Um, Oh, geez. Yeah. So we're experimenting. We've taken uh, the door opener to not be as sensitive as it is and only open when somebody wants to come in. Mm -hmm. But then you have the same problem where we went the other way and somebody walked up to the door and it didn't open and they walked straight into it because it didn't open. Um, But we're getting there. (laughs) Health and safety.
2: There There we go. Uh, Tracy Ferguson has tweeted in, um, tuned in a bit late, so I'll catch up with the replay. But it's great that you're here. She's put in the Island uh, works also has a beautiful energy. Mm. I love the place.
3: Absolutely, Tracy's got um, a, a crafting uh, yes, workshop I there think. on the 25th of November. I think there may be one or two tickets left. Um, they may not, though. She may have sold out. But get a hold of Tracy. Tazzy64 on the Twitter is her Twitter handle. Uh, great. 25th of November, she's got a craft workshop at Island Works. Super. So you can Again, do, t- you can do two different. things at once. You can go on a craft workshop and you can experience the building and a coffee shop and you can buy yourself our piste resistance, <laughs> which is a Nutella and Snickers toasty.
2: Ooh. That, that's better than the custard one you were talking yeah. about. Um, <laughs> well, do you know what? I'm going to have to... And That's sure. it, is it? Yeah. Unfortunately, you're going to well, have to come back. That was boring, back. wasn't it? I know, it was really boring. I'm not going to have you back again.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> I, yeah, it took, it took you three years to ask me back <laughs> this time. I'd wait at least another three years, that.
2: No, not at all. No, if, if Darren's got anything to do with it, he'll have you back here.
3: Nah, I hate radio. Yeah,
2: yeah I know, I can tell. So, yeah, I just, do you know what? There were so many more tweets and I haven't even tweeted because mm. you wouldn't stop talking. Oh, sorry. Um... Sarah's replying to, yes, really good name and representative of what they are or were about. about. Very uplifting. Oh, Tracy, she's replying something to that. I don't know. Uh, Sarah's just done a puppy yoga thing, going, oh,
3: so (laughs) her and her
2: gifts, but yes. So thank you very much for tuning in today and thank you so much, Paul.
3: Thank you for having me. It's been an um, absolute pleasure talking to you.
2: Really quickly, if people want to find out more about the uh, co-working spaces or get in touch with you. Yeah. How can they do that?
3: Uh, On Twitter, I'm Vanilla Web. Uh, We've got websites, islandworks.co.uk, tradingpostsentiment.co.uk, or fruitworks.co.
2: Lovely. Uh, Do go check out those places because... um, they are stunning, and I'll, I need to go and check them out. So I'm asking you to check it out. I will definitely go and check it out, especially the one in Ireland Works, in yeah, Sheerness. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to get up there because it's just
3: it's, heaven. It, it's only about a um, 50-minute drive for you, I would have thought. That's oh, not
2: too bad. It takes yeah, me 50 yeah. minutes to come here.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's closer than here for you. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we go. Yeah.
2: we would be putting that into the diary. <laughs> right. Uh, well, thank you once again for tuning in. Um, I'll be back next week and if you would like to be a guest on the show then do get in touch with me email me at mindset horizons at gmail.com all right
0: love is in the air everywhere i look around
1: Welcome to Mindset Matters, exploring mental health and well-being horizons with CNAT Noorani. This show is dedicated to offering insights, support, and tips covering a range of topics related to addressing your mental health and well-being. Each week, guest experts and brave inspirational people share their personal journey and experiences about their recovery, bringing awareness and change to the importance of breaking through this long-standing negative stigma.